How many of you uh, were at Jesus to the Nations this weekend? Okay, a whole bunch. Yeah, the rest of you, you missed out. I heard the speaker was really good looking. Um, so much for having me. Well dressed. Yeah. No, it's really, really good to be here. Thank you so much. His spirit do incredible things all over the world. I, I want to share this. Did you know this? Listen to this. This, this. this blows my mind. In 1999, there were three church plant movements in the world. Okay, now a church plant movement, if you don't know what that is, that's when churches are growing and, and expanding and planting new churches that are planting new churches that are planting new churches to the 19th, 20th generation, where literally thousands of churches are exploding in a people group or a nation or a region. Okay, that's when God is really moving exponentially. And in 1999, there were only three of those in the world. But in 2006, there were 19 going on all around the world. In 2009, three years after that, it grew to 119. At the end of 2018, there are now 654 church plant movements taking place around the world. Isn't that incredible? God, if it doesn't, go home and go to, go, go to nap. God is moving in our day. Now, listen, listen, he's doing something different that he's never done before. Like, he's, he's moving. Most of these church plant movements are in Africa, the Middle East, and Asia. Some of the hardest to reach places. God is moving. And did you know that the average age of the most effective missionaries and church planters in the world today is 16? 16-year-old girls, to be specific. We've talked to a lot of these leaders of these church plant movements, and we've asked them, who are the most effective? Who are the ones that are bearing the most fruit, the most unstoppable? And they say, oh, teenage girls, hands down. <laughs> God is doing something in our day, and I work with uh, E3 partners, and uh, Tony and Olivia do as well, and uh, they're going to come up here in a little bit as well, but... Um, we're, we're planting churches in 75 different countries all around the world, and, and a lot of people know us from the videos that we make, the I Am Second videos. Anybody ever seen those? Yay. If you haven't, you can go to IamSecond.com, check them out. Really great videos of just different celebrities sharing their story of being far from God and, and uh, how they found Jesus, put him first, became second, and uh, you know, found healing, found hope. And these videos go viral. We're in 200 different countries. We get 7,000 updated yesterday. We actually get 60. Uh, between 64 and 67,000 hits on our videos every day. God is just exploding around the world, bringing the gospel to people outside of church. But a lot of people don't know E3 Partners behind that ministry that, that launched that is planting churches globally. And, and some of our leaders are part of a network that's called the 2414 Network, which is based on Matthew 2414 that says this, and this gospel shall be preached in all the earth, and then the end will come. Okay, these 654 church plants, that, uh, church plant movements that are going on right now, we've been able to, to work together with them and network into a coalition called the 2414, where they believe, because listen to this, in the world today, there's about their own culture, they're, they're their own set apart people group. There's about 12,300. That number fluctuates and debates on, you know, how, how you count that, but around that, that's the average, 12,300. 6,000 have access. Of those are still considered unreached, which means less than 2% have access to the gospel. 
out of those 6,300, about 3,100 are still unengaged, which means nobody is even going to them. There are no known churches or believers or missionaries or ministries working amongst them. So about 6,300 people on this planet right now are unreached and unengaged. We're talking about 3.2 to 3.7 billion people that don't have access to the gospel. But in this 24-14 coalition, the leaders are working together from these um, multiplying church plant movements. And listen to this. We have a goal of having healthy, multiplying, transformative, indigenous-led, national-led, meaning led by them, not us, churches in every single one of these people groups by the year 2025. <laughs> yeah! You want to come? I just, I just came back from the Amazon. Listen, just, just getting there was a two-and-a-half-hour flight, then a three-and-a-half-hour flight, then a six-and-a-half-hour flight, then another hour-and-a-half flight into the jungle, and then we had to drive for two hours, and uh, we got to the mountain to smaller, and then we got into rapid boats and went down about 10 hours, and then we switched over, broke up into smaller teams, got into these little P.E.K.K.A. boats, and we went another four hours, and then we had to grab all our gear and hike through the jungle for another four just to get to the first village. You want to come? We broke the propeller off our boat on that little second, little windy one. We're just floating along. It started to rain. We were taking on water because the boat had a hole in it. And uh, it's starting to thunder, and we're bailing. And, and that's where this crocodile comes out of the bush and jumps into the water and splashes us. And we're bailing. I'm just like, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> you want to come? We'll get you there. May not get you back, but we'll take you. <laughs> I love that part. I'm just kidding. Most people come back. Most. But man, God was moving. You know, 153 of them came to Christ. We were the first missionaries in that region ever. I was the first white person they'd ever seen. Setting the bar low. But 153 of them gave their lives to Christ. We started two brand new churches in uh, two of the villages there. And uh, we baptized over 80 of them. They were literally running to the river. We were, and you're not supposed to go in that part of the river. There are crocodiles and piranhas. Like seriously, I was, we were, uh, you have to wash in the, in the river. And one day, and about 50 feet over, this guy's tossing nets into the, into the thing, pulling them out, throwing nets. And we're like, what are they fishing for over there? And they're like, uh, piranha. All right. <laughs> you know, it's fun. But it, I'm telling you, God is moving there. And uh, in one of the villages, uh, just two real quick stories of what happened. Um, uh, in one of the villages we went to, this, this guy popped out of the bush while we were sharing the gospel. Uh, we, we have a tool that I'm going to actually teach you guys this morning, or uh, uh, Tony and, and his children are going to teach you. And uh, we were using this as we were drawing it out in the dirt called the three circles. And this, this uh, Shipibo native pops out of the bush and comes over and starts looking. And he starts getting all excited. And so through interpreters, and it's really difficult to communicate with them, right? Because, I mean, they don't have like English to Shipibo <laughs> translators. 
So uh, we have to speak English, and then it gets translated to Spanish, and then somebody in Spanish translates it to Shipibo, and then they respond in Shipibo, and they speak back to Spanish, and then back to English. So knock-knock jokes don't go over very well. It doesn't... But anyway, this guy's standing there, and we're asking him, like, hey, what's going on? What's going on? And so through all the interpreters, we discovered that morning he'd heard an audible voice say to him, get up, go to a certain village, the one we were in, and there you will find some people who will give you a message that you are to take back to your village. You can't make that up. And he's standing there, and so he's like, this is the message, I need to do this, I need to repent and and give my life to your God. And so he did, we prayed for him, we baptized him, and then we accompanied him uh, back to his village. Well, how far is your village? Oh, about five minutes. Well, an hour later, how much farther? Five more minutes. Okay. Peruvian time is different. But we got there, and his whole family came to Christ. Neighbors were coming to Christ. There were healings, and God just moved in that region. And then in another uh, village we walked into, and this man said, finally. We got there about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and he said, finally. And I said, well, what do you mean, finally? And he said, well, last night I had a dream, and I saw you. I saw you walking towards my house, and so I've been here waiting all day. He said, I was disappointed because I, I thought you were going to be here by lunch. <laughs> he said, I was starting to wonder what was taking you so long, right? And turns out this guy um, has lived in an area about two hours in because of a boat ride down where we're trying to get into. We're trying, we've been praying for God to open doors in that region because it's completely controlled by a cartel, and you, you can't just wander in there into a village. You have to have somebody accompany you that they know. If you're with them, you have access. Unlimited. You're welcome. If you're with them, okay, great. They trust you. No problem. But there is no churches, no missionaries working in this region. Nobody, no organization is planning on going, so we want to go. And uh, this guy used to live in that village, the first one, the main one. So he said, absolutely, anytime you want to go, let's go. So we're making plans on going and taking the gospel there. You want to come? Come on, guys. Who wants to come? (laughs) Yeah. Right on, buddy. I see that hand. Hallelujah. Hey, I want to teach you something this morning. We want to get a little practical. Because, you know, God is moving all around the world. There's church plant movements taking place. Young people are taking the world by storm, advancing the kingdom in our day. But did you know that in North America, 98% of us never and rarely share our faith outside of the church? outside of, you know, our Bible camps and things like that. In the workplace, in the streets, in the malls, 98% of us never or rarely share the gospel. And there's a lot of reasons why. One of them, you know, it's we're, we're just afraid or we assume people aren't interested or we don't think it's our job. And a lot of us, the, the biggest reason is we just simply don't know what to say. And a lot of us don't even wake up prepared to be ready just in case we engage somebody during our day. We, just, we, aren't, we don't even think about it. We just go about our day and kind of forget about it. But I was sharing this weekend at the conference, you know, we got to stop waiting for divine appointments. If you're a believer in Christ, you are the divine appointment. When they meet you, they're having one. But are your feet 
fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We are to walk. This is a search and rescue, eyes wide open mission that Jesus has called us to. He said, I have one mission, to seek and save the lost. That is why I have come. But many of us who are disciples of Jesus, would we not also have that, to seek and save the lost? But we don't. And this great gospel that has woven its way all the way from the Garden of Eden through the patriarchs and the formation of the nation of Israel and the judges and the kings and the prophets and all the Old Testament and all the way through to the... And then Jesus, where he raised up disciples and they went out and started the the early church and then 2,000 years of missionary work and God moving throughout history and this great gospel has woven its way to us here in 2019. Why should it stop with you? Why? Why? When God wants to just explode and expand in Halifax and Nova Scotia and Canada, listen, I'm going to share a scripture with you. I want you to hear this. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, listen to this. This whole passage is about anyone who's in Christ. Right? Are you in Christ? All right. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, now listen, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He's given us this ministry. You become a new creation, reconciled to God, and he gives it to you. You now have this. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and to us has committed to us, say us. He's committed to us the message of reconciliation. So we have a ministry, and we have a message. My favorite part, listen to this. We are, therefore, Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Us. There's a lot of us in there. Amen? Amen, but most of us don't. A lot of us don't. Now, a big reason is because we don't know what to say. It's a big one. We, We know how to invite someone to an address we don't know how to invite someone to Jesus if we're standing on the street talking to him. So today, and Tony, you want to come on up here? We want to give you just a real simple tool that you can use today. This takes only a few minutes to learn and practice. In fact, it's so simple, we're going to have Acacia do it for you. So you have no excuse. But God is moving. He's doing incredible things in the world. He wants to use us in the best way is if every single one of us, you know in China, when they first get saved, the first thing they learn is how to share the gospel. Do you know anyone else who needs to hear this? Okay, let's teach you how to share it. Now, who do you know? They have them write out 25 names and say, how long will that, you know, or when will that in the next seven days? No wonder they're seeing hundreds of thousands of churches planted. 25 people. Imagine if every single one of us intentionally prayed for and tried to share the gospel with 25 people. Can you imagine how God would move? 
Yeah, sure, not everybody would believe, but many would, right? So let us teach you. I'll let Tony take over and introduce himself and talk about where you live and stuff, because he actually lives uh, here. So anyway, God bless you. Thanks, Danny. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, I'm maybe going to fall off this thing. <clears throat> It'll be okay, though, because I'm, uh, I'm from Greenwood. Well, I really live in Brickton, just outside Middleton in Annapolis Valley. I'm a search and rescue technician with the federal government. Uh, so I hang out of helicopters, jump out of airplanes, rescue people from plane crashes, overturned boats, that sort of thing. Um, so the, the, the idea that Danny brings forth about us all being on rescue mission, it really, it really sits really deep in my soul. You know, it really resonates with me. And um, one thing that I find really interesting about rescue missions is when I'm part of a helicopter crew, there are two pilots, there's a flight engineer, and then there's two SARTEX. And all of us have very different jobs. We have very different personalities. If it weren't for the line of work we were in, we probably wouldn't associate with each other at all right? But they all need to do their job. So there's a lull in order for us to work together to accomplish the same mission. And so there's a lot of time, Danny's already mentioned it, you come across people and they say, I don't have the gift of evangelism or God didn't build me for telling people about Jesus. And it's interesting to me. I try not to be, you know, too forceful in my presentation, but I'm like, hey, can we just like open the word and look at Matthew 28, 18 to 20? Because it says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples. And I, I, I don't know how much you guys know about like Middle Eastern context, but disciples, that's not one meeting a week for two hours. Right? This is multiple meetings, living life together, teaching you. You know what I mean? The, the disciple learns everything the master knows both through teaching, but also through experience and living life together, so that when the master is gone, they can go and do the same. And Jesus said in the scriptures, he said, Father, I do not pray for these only, but also who will hear through their word. His intention for us, from Genesis all the way through Revelation, was to be on mission so that we could, you know, his kingdom come on earth as in heaven. And just one last thing before I hand it over to Acacia. You know, Danny tells some really exciting stories. I also have some rather exciting stories. We don't expect you to necessarily grab a hold of those exciting stories and go and do that. You know, what we want everyone to do is you can go and that they have a part in the mission. And for them personally, they can go where they are, right? Acts 1, 8, or uh, yeah, that's right, right? Uh, well, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So God's plan is for the ends of the earth. But it starts with us here and now, right? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, come on, Jesus. All right. So, you know, everybody that you meet along the way, they have a sphere of influence that you don't have, right? That's in the New Testament, the Greek word is called oikos. It's a household. Middle Eastern households, significantly different than North American households, right? This, we're talking servants, cousins, brothers, you know, aunts and uncles all the way down. It just keeps going and going. But they have a sphere of influence that, that no one else has. It's their sphere. So if we present the gospel to them, then they can go in their sphere. And some of those people that you meet here in North America in major city centers, like Halifax or Vancouver, you know, for Canadian ones, but also in America as well and just across the Western world in general, but they have people from those countries that we're not allowed to go to. They're closed countries. They're not, no missionary is allowed to be there. But they all live in our major cities. So heck, let's get out there and do this, right? 
All right, so in order to do it, you need to know what to say. Here's Acacia, Three Circles Gospel Presentation. Thank you. <laughs> you want me to hold the mic? Yes, please, so that would be helpful. <laughs> okay, so we live in a broken world. But God didn't intend it to be that way. He had made a perfect world. But we decided, wait, no. Um, God made a perfect world. There was no sickness, no dying, no nothing. There was just perfect. But we decided to go our own way through, some, through something we call sin that we see in the Bible. And we try many ways to get out of the broken world. We try drugs and alcohol. We try having a big family. We try playing video games and stuff like that. <laughs> but God had a plan. And then he rose three laced three days later, and he is the perfect one, we aren't. So, if we make Jesus our boss for the rest of our life, and turn to him, and you will be restored back into the perfect world. All right, guys, so one thing that Danny and I feel really strongly about is we never want to just come up and give, like, a good message and then have everybody walk out, have coffee, talk about how it was a good message, and then go home and, like, forget exactly what was going on, right? You know, people are like, how'd that message go? And you're like, yeah, I think it was good. I don't really remember what they were talking about. So the idea here is that we want you guys to be able to leave here and use this in your everyday walk, right? And so Danny mentioned, uh, I don't know if it was this morning or at the conference, but we'll just reiterate for you. <clears throat> Every day in spiritual conversations is not as difficult as we might think. <clears throat> you know, you're talking to people every day. You go to the, to the coffee shop, you get gas, you go to the grocery store, right? People are like, Tony, I don't know anybody. Like I got, I was like basically saved when I came out of the womb. And then I just like hung out in church my whole life and I don't know anybody that's not coming to church, you know? But you're like, no, man, like, you go to school, right? You get gas, you get groceries. You, you, if we just put a little bit of planning, right? I, I travel a lot for work. Every time I go to and from Halifax, I call the same cab driver. He drives me to and from work, and, or to and from the airport, probably once a week, if not more than that. And she tries to go on the same day, around the same time, and she stand, she'll stand in line for 20 extra minutes so she can talk to the same teller, Right? So there are people out there that you know who are far from God. That, you know, you have that, that entrance that God has given you so that you can be that divine appointment and, and take that further, right? So I'm just going to take up too much time here. So I'll just go back into the three circles for you. We're going to leave it up for the board here, guys. If you want to come up and get a picture after, there's also an app. Uh, for Android, it's called the Life Conversations Guide. And on uh, Apple, I think it's called... 
gospel conversations or maybe, anyway, you look up that, if you Google it, it'll come up, right? It's not quite the way that we're presenting it, but it's the same idea, right? So you can get it on your phone. Uh, also, you can look it up, a Three Circles gospel presentation, and you can see like my daughter, Acacia, my son, Micah, our friend, Troy, his son, Malachi. I mean, there's there's lots of eight-year-olds that are sharing the gospel. You know, this is amazing. So praise the Lord. So just like Olivia, or sorry, just like Acacia was telling you, we we're all born into this broken world. There's death, disease, war, famine, natural disasters. I mean, you don't have to turn on TV for very long to know that we live in a broken world. Or even just have a conversation or think like maybe to your own family relationships. You know, like the world is a broken place. But live out the way God designed it. Commune with him. Like nothing was supposed to separate us from God. But as human beings, we decided that we wanted to do things our own way. We wanted to be God. Right? That's the, that's the major sin in our lives, no? Yeah, we decided that we wanted to make our own rules. We wanted to have the power and know the knowledge of good and evil and be God in our own lives. So when we turned on our back on God and decided to do things our own way, that's called sin. The Bible is, it's an archery term. It means missing the mark. If you miss the mark by an inch or you miss the mark by a mile, you miss the mark. So we're not talking about who's a better person or who does better, you know, socially in life or anything like that. We've all missed the mark. You guys agree? Yeah, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we missed the mark. That led us to this brokenness. And we try a bunch of ways to get out. Some of us try, right? Some of us try video games, like Acacia was saying. Some of us try drugs and alcohol. Some of us try, like, having this great appearance on social media. And, you know, nothing's ever wrong in our lives, except for we're, like, depressed and so sad. And this, is, this goes across society, right? It goes from, from the very poor to the very rich. You guys know just a couple of years ago, one of the funniest men in the world, right? Robin Williams, like really well off, owns houses in five countries, has a beautiful family, you know, is the biggest comedian and all of these things, takes his own life because of depression, both brokenness in our own lives and brokenness in the world. And none of these things we do to try and escape last for very long. Right? They're like bungee cords. They just slam us right back into the middle. So nothing we can do can restore us to relationship with God. Nothing we can do on our own. But as Acacia said, praise the Lord, God had a plan. He opened a door for us. He sent his son Jesus down to earth. He lived a life without ever doing anything wrong. He willingly went to the cross, even though he had never done anything wrong, and paid the penalty. The wages of sin is death. He paid the penalty for us. And then, three days later, he rose back to life, which is the really amazing part, because it meant he conquered death, and it was possible for Jesus to die, not just for me or for you, but for people before us and people after us. And so if one desires, if we surrender our own life, if we surrender our own desires, if we surrender our own, you know, being in control, and make Jesus our Lord or our boss or our king, just basically making him in charge of our lives, that allows us to turn from our own sin and brokenness and recover and pursue God's original relationship for us. Now, this doesn't mean that you're going to leave the broken world, right? We still live in the broken world, but now you're in relationship with God and he's going to use his power to help you through those tough times. I, God saved me. I still have repercussions for the sin in my earlier life. I still have some family traits that I really need to struggle through and pray about. But God has made me an ambassador 
so that I can move from relationship with him back into the world as a beacon of hope to bring other people into relationship with Jesus so that they can experience the same freedom that I have. Is that something you guys want to do today? Praise the Lord. And just to close it all off before I give the mic back to Danny, you know, when you, when you have somebody who says yes, we just want to go, you know, we just, we just lead them in a prayer. And we don't say that the prayer saves them because we know that, you know, if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and put hearts, thank God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. So it's not like this magical prayer, right? But this is just an easy way to help them through. I'm sorry, God, for the wrong things I've done. Thank you so much for making Jesus Lord of my life by paying the penalty for my sin. Please help me to follow him and do things his way for the remainder of my time here. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Isn't that cool watching a little girl do that? That was awesome. We had a 10-year-old at one of our trainings that we did how to share the gospel. She walked up during the training. We, we actually take people out into the streets and go and practice, go engage people. And she's like, can I go with you? And I'm like, absolutely. So she was like, okay, I know where to go. There was a guy shot there yesterday. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, let's go there. So we did, and uh, saw a whole household uh, give their lives to Christ in that part. But man, I tell you, God is moving. He wants to use us. I'll, I'll call the worship team up. I, I know I, you don't want to get between church and lunch. It's like getting between a bear and its cubs. I, you know, I, but can I close off with this? Do you know anyone that's far from God? If you do, put your hand up. Okay. Days. I give you a practical challenge. Would you commit in the next seven days to reach out to at least one of those people that you know that are far from God? The best way to start that conversation is to just simply call them up or ask if they can meet for coffee or when you're talking to them at work or at school or wherever it is and just offer to pray for them. We do that all the time. And when I'm at a gas station or on the airplane or in a restaurant, I love sharing the gospel with waitresses because they have to come back. <laughs> but just asking, hey, God could do a miracle in your life, what would it be? And just see what happens as you start to engage. I love that question because it's invitational, not confrontational. It, it, it really opens up the door to just start the conversation. And then if you said, let, let me show you something and then learn how to do this. Go on YouTube and just punch it in three circles. You'll find it. And then share with them. Would you commit to doing that? And then would you share? Yeah, share with Pastor Glenn about how that went. And maybe tell the church, have a testimony next week of, of people who heard the gospel and Let's see what God does. You're going to find, here's what I promise you. I promise. As you start sharing the gospel more and more, you will find that God has many already gone ahead of you and prepared people. Not everyone, but many. Okay? Many people you will find as you go. The more you go, the more you do it, the more you're going to see that God has prepared people and is opening the doors. So jump over the fence, get into the story. Because God's writing it all around you. Amen? Amen. All right, let's, let's, let's pray. 
I want you to I want you to hold that person in your mind right now I'm right now Father in Jesus name we are asking you to draw the lost to yourself Father we are not praying this morning for opportunity because we have all of it we are praying for boldness courage jump over that fence and get into that story that you are writing we believe still that the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few God would you raise up laborers from this church would you raise up people who will not be silent who will take the opportunity and their heart is pounding in their chest and they're nervous and they're unsure they're going to try it God would you just break us out of our self-consciousness and fear, and fear of rejection. And would you make us fierce and bold, and willing to lay our lives down for you and the advancement of your kingdom in this city. May there be great stories this week that brings glory and honor to you and the gospel and your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.